You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We would like to give a big thanks to Geo43Core for our first five-star rating and positive review of 2018 on iTunes. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, Blasco and loyal listeners of Managemental? Uh, you know, the number 50 has always kind of resonated with me. I don't know why. I think it's because of the 50 states. And if I am not mistaken, Hawaii was the 50th state. Is that right? Or was it Alaska? You know? Uh, I I think it was Hawaii. I do, too. Uh, I'm going to go with that one because I'm trying to channel as much warmth as possible as it's freezing cold here on the East Coast, and we don't even have it as bad as many other people do. But if we are mistaken in terms of Hawaii being not being the 50th state, I am totally fine with admitting when I screw up. And you know what, Blasco? I actually screwed something up on the last episode. Can you guess what it was? Uh, I believe I have a feeling, but feel free to share. Well, when we were talking about sound scan numbers and the amount of records that you know certain artists had sold, I indicated that a good friend of ours sends out a list, um, and at the year end, he included some very notable, you know, historic albums on that list. And I was so, you know, I guess surprised that on this list. Metallica's Black Album had outsold uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. But one of our listeners and a dear friend of mine actually pointed out to me that I was wrong. Uh, Appetite for Destruction has sold pretty much, I think, 30 million copies worldwide. And when I went back and looked at the email that we get from our bud, there was a little asterisk next to that number and a couple others, and it said that those scans were only since 1991. Well, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction came out in 1987. Presumably it sold a shit ton of copies during those four years that aren't accounted for here. Hence, my mistake. So, uh, if anybody out there is listening and Hawaii is the 49th state and not the 50th, feel free to uh, call us out and we will gladly correct it next episode. <laughs> uh, 
in that last episode, which was uh, the first episode of 2018, uh, we discussed our top 10 predictions for this year. Uh, that was a really fun episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode, however, is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCMANAGEMENTAL and get 15% off your entire order. This week, we take inspiration from one of our loyal listeners on the subject of either hiring or collaborating with guest singers or musicians on your songs. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Oh yeah. And real quick, I know you did a drop for Rockabilia, but I was on there just this morning because I hate to just be one of those guys that talks about the weather because it's so trivial, but I am a freaking weather wimp. And it's like near zero degrees in D.C. with the wind chill today. And so I was on there trying to see if they had anything that, you know, I could go in and get them to send me or I could order in terms of like a heavier hoodie or like an additional beanie. And they've got so much great stuff. And the nice thing about it is I do know it's all officially licensed. There's none of that bootleg stuff. You're supporting the artist. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands that they've got killer stuff to keep you warm through these trying times. Yeah, man. Um, so over the break, um, some people wrote in, and uh, this is one of those people. His name is Chris, and he actually brings up a subject that I'm pretty sure that we haven't covered in the first 50 episodes, so I'm excited to get into it. And it's about hiring or having guests um, play on your songs, right? And it's usually a singer thing, but like, I've got uh, a client that's a ripping guitar player and he actually guested a solo on one of my other clients, you know, songs for a previous EP or whatever. Um, I feel this is a big common practice in urban and has really uh, been able to introduce and break bands or, or artists, um, especially in that culture. Um, it it is somewhat common in uh, rock and potentially going to become uh, more common, but I think it's a good subject for us to uh, to talk about. Yeah, I would agree. And, and sometimes people call these features. Um, and I guess in the business of it, because oftentimes you know, you and I on the professional level that we're on, we have to end up getting clearance if our artists are signed to a label. Uh, we, we get what's called a sideman clearance. So sometimes you'll hear this referred to as a quote unquote sideman, which um, I guess means somebody that was, you know, that isn't in the band, they're on the side, but they're coming in to, to lay something down, be featured or, or come in as a guest. Yeah. So our buddy Chris, he writes, Hey Blasco, huge fan of the podcast with Mike. A lot of the topics covered have helped me achieve goals and benchmarks for my band, particularly the how to write a professional email episode. Although at first glance it seemed like common knowledge, many of the small details helped me get responses and even bigger shows that otherwise seemed impossible. So again, thank you both very much for taking the time out to help the underdogs. 
Anyway, he moves on. The question, guest vocals. Is it worth it for underground bands to shell out big money to get reputable and well-known artists to feature on tracks? It seems this is a promotional tactic that has increased in popularity over the recent years, and I'd like to hear your and Mike's input. So first and foremost, let me say that's awesome that our episode on writing an email uh, helped him. And you know what I love about this podcast is you know, you and I base all of our stuff on experience. And so, you know, when we first came into this business, we, well, there really wasn't email, but we didn't know exactly what we were doing. And we've had to ask people over the years. And so it's nice to see that our experience is, um, you know, making an impact on all of you listeners. So if something else that we've commented or covered resonates with you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Um, you know, it's interesting. I definitely think that there is a place for, you know, features um, on records. I think, you know, oftentimes, and this was pretty popular, like in the warped scene, um, I would say probably, you know, five to eight years ago, I felt like every new artist, you know, had someone, you know, someone who was much more reputable featured on at least one of their tracks. And it was a great way for, you know, the artist that was not known at the time to get some attention. I will say, I think you can't really force it. You really need to make sure that it fits with, um, you know, with the style of the song, uh, when you're looking at who you're going to get to come in and, and play that role, what is your take on it? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like f- you bring up a good point when you say you can't force it. Um, and, you know, you look at some of the most classic records of our time and there was there was no guests on there. But, you know, that potentially was because it was a different era. But um, to me, I from a marketing standpoint, I feel like the guest thing is most or, or best served when you can you can bring and you can bring in outside attention and sort of widen the field of of who you're trying to reach. So if you're a metal band and you have a, a metal singer, it's like you're not like a, you and your guest is another metal singer, like you're not really widening the range, right? Like unless he's a specifically popular and somewhere else, but to, in my opinion, it'd be best to sort of cross genres, at least even if it's sub genres, but at least some way to where the, the, to me, if you're going to do this, the agenda should be expanding your reach. So I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I don't disagree. And I think when you say that, what comes to mind was a few years ago, Sleeping with Sirens had Machine Gun Kelly featured on one of their songs, you know, with the idea that they would be able to hopefully capture at least some of his audience. You know, and, and when I talk about, you know, whether it needs to fit or not, what I've done sometimes is I've talked to an artist and yeah, we've agreed, look, it'd be great if we could get, you know, someone to to be featured on it you know that will give us more exposure because if they're going to help promote it they've already got some sort of following inevitably we'll hopefully get some eyes and ears on it even if it is within the same genre but what we did is we identified the artist and went to them and said look here's how the song is shaping up we'd like to give you the liberty you know to write your own part for it and you know some artists actually really you know uh like that some artists are like look i just want to you know come in do what you tell me collect the check and (laughs) and get out of there (laughs) yeah i mean 
And you know, in the in what we're talking about, if you're an established act and you have some commonality with an agent or manager or another artist or whatever, these things can sort of organically happen. But if you're an up and coming band, it is possible that if you want to get a, a feature, you know, guest, then that potentially is going to cost you some money because. Uh, you know, they're, you're getting more out of it than they are, right? So you're t potentially going to have to pay for them. And, and, this is, and this is where this email goes. So he's, Chris is seeking some advice from us. Uh, and he goes on to write, Recently, my band has contacted a few artists to feature. A few middle tier and a few household names. We got responses from two out of our list. We contacted one of them directly and he proposed $1,000 $1, to feature on our song. This was a higher budget than we would have liked, but entirely plausible for someone as well known as he is. So I just like to pause here and just say, this is his experience, but this is pretty indicative of something that you would get to run into. You, you're in, a, a, you're, you're in a, a brand new band. You want to help try and increase your visibility by getting someone that's more well-known to feature on one of your tracks. You reach out to them. There's a price tag attached to it. $1,000 may or may not be what you're looking for, but at the end of the day, how can, how can you justify that price tag regardless of what it is? What's your plan to return that investment, right? And then I think that there's a lot of things to consider here too is that like you were saying earlier, Mike, um, if this person is signed to a label, which potentially that he is, um, there is going to have to be a, a few legal hoops to jump through, um, which is relatively easy because everyone's, you know, somewhat cooperative. Um, but I have run into roadblocks with, with bigger, bigger artists in that sometimes they've got like a restriction because they've got a song that's going to radio at a certain time. And so if you're going to record a song with someone who's on radio, that you're going to have to window your time, you're going to have to window your release of your song at a time to whenever they're not currently being serviced to radio. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my experience has been, um, you know, artists who inevitably, unless they're on a massive level, could always use a few more bucks, right? And doing guest spots, especially if you're a vocalist, you know, most of these guys now, they can record it at home. You know, they've got the setup. It really is easy money. And so what I've found over the years is there's been certain people that have, you know, sort of made the rounds. They become sort of the flavor of the month and they you end up seeing them appear on two, three, four, five, you know, different tracks. So one of the things you want to look out for is to make sure that the person you're going after isn't doing that. It's going to lose the impact that you're going to be able to make by having them featured on your track. And the other thing to understand is, you know, again, Oftentimes, you know, managers like myself and Blasco, you know, we have to somewhat play protector for our artists. For that same reason, we might not want, you know, either the radio example that you gave or even just overexposure of our own artists. We don't want them to lose their impact by going out and featuring themselves on 10 different, you know, developing artist tracks. So things to, you know, kind of keep your eye on as you navigate um, who you're reaching out to and what their response is. Yeah, I mean, because it, from a branding perspective, 
this could put your artist, it could paint a picture of your artist in a bad light in that, like, man, like they'll sing on who's ever track for like a few bucks or whatever. They must be pretty desperate, you know? And, you know, a lot of times it could just be a fun little thing um, to do, but in other times it could also be uh, looked at as uh, a bad look. So you, you, you got to be cautious, um, you, you know, from, from the, uh, from the feature standpoint of view, you also have to be cautious of, of, of what is happening. But anyway, he continues. So we contacted the other band through their website and got a response from their manager. So they got, so just to recap, they got two responses. They reached out to the one guy, his price tag was a thousand. And then they reached out to this other band. We got a response from their manager. We proposed $500 and their manager proceed, proceeded to cut down our offer very aggressively. In our email chain, I politely told him what we were quoted from the other band, which was $1,000, and said sorry for wasting his time. I was met with a lengthy email professing his artist skills and more stream documents. Uh, he said he could work with his team to meet the quote. Near the bottom, he adds, if nothing else, please consider our management for your future needs. <laughs> so I'm like, I just want to cut this one off here or whatever. And, it, and, and, and the reality is, if you are a brand new band and you are reaching out to a bunch of people, you are going to see this kind of difference of a response where you got one guy that reaches out and goes, yeah, man, thousand bucks. I got it for you. No problem. This other situation, you've got a younger band who's got a manager that's maybe a little inexperienced or maybe just a little aggressive, maybe woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day or whatever. But like, you know, you're going to run into these types of things. And um, this, this to me, as, as silly as it potentially sounds, is not necessarily out of line from the manager's standpoint. No, I mean, I'm still, I'm a little confused by the second one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like I don't, cutting down the offer. Uh, does that mean that he turned it down or does that mean that he was trying to raise the, the, the price? Anyways, it doesn't really matter. It just seems as if it is somebody who's inexperienced. Um, and you're right. You will see a range of responses um, and you, again, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, sometimes you'll find it where an artist absolutely says, you know, hey, um, I'm good to go. And then when he turns it over to his management team or the label who's got to get the clearance, you know, things can change. Again, the manager might be protecting the artist from, you know, being featured on an act that they don't think makes sense or, you know, hurts the branding as as you were talking about, Blasco. Yeah. And look, I mean... Just as where we are in, in this particular situation, um, I feel like it's potentially always going to service you better if you can reach out to the individual artist directly. If you have to go through a third party, a manager, an agent, a lawyer, or whatever, you're, you're going to probably run into headaches because... Th those people are going to be busy with whatever else they're doing and their enthusiasm for this won't come from an artist's won't come from an artist level of enthusiasm right like like 
musicians just want to rock, you know, and, and, and like potentially you reach out to an artist and you're like, Hey man, you want to jam on our track? Well, you know, we'll give you a few bucks. And they're like, yeah, man, I love jamming, you know, I like, and so you're going to get enthusiastic. And then, then that person can be like, Oh, okay, cool. I just got to clear with my manager. And then the artist then goes to the manager and goes, look, I'm really enthusiastic about wanting to play on this dude's track. And the manager goes, great. I work for you. You tell me what needs to get done. And I'll, and I'll do it. So I'm just saying like in terms of advice as we, as we go cruise through this, um, through this email, like for future reference, I would always do the best that you can to reach out to the artist directly if you're looking for a feature. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we didn't really cover this when we talked about, you know, uh, just the idea of having guests, but Oftentimes, you know, it is an interesting way for artists who have a mutual respect for one another, you know, to actually explore kind of working together on a track. So oftentimes, especially with like guitar players, I've seen it where you've got a band, you know, who has a, you know, a level of respect for somebody that's been around for a long time and they're just eager to like kind of. I guess, yeah, collaborate with them in some sense. And to me, I've seen some really cool examples over the years of that type of relationship um, playing itself out, which is, of course, different than, um, you know, what our boy is, is writing in about. Yeah. So he continues. So this is where things get interesting as we are an unsigned and unrepresented band. I fired an email back in my most polite form declining his offer and asking to open up a dialogue further on representation. So meaning he's like, no thanks on the, uh, you know, on, on your singer guy, you know, overcharging us to guest on our track. However, you open the door about us, you know, about you potentially representing us. So let's talk more about what that is. That's what he's saying. Um, uh, he responded with a list of credentials and a possible showcase in the United States for a summer tour, quote unquote, or whatever. So he says, my question to you is, should I be concerned about this guy's overall attitude? We were met with such aggression, then a long list of why he's a good choice without us even asking for it. His management company only has one band on their roster. I've asked advice from friends who are in middle tier bands and have gotten a 50-50 response on whether this is good or a pass. Did he check us out and think there's something there to work with, or is he just flexing in hopes we cough up money to his artist? Will he represent us with the same tone he used on us? Would love to hear your input. Pass. Absolutely pass. Um, What is your take? I totally agree. I mean, it, it seems kind of funny to get that kind of an email and then respond in an aggressive sort of tone of like, Oh, like, you know, my my artist is too big. He can't be bothered with, you know, guesting on your silly little band. Oh, but by the way, if you're thinking of representation, I might be a good choice for you. Like, it's kind of like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're slamming the door, but then like creaking it back open. Like, Oh, Hey, just in case. Well, totally. And as you said, I mean, this could have been the guy woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I mean, all of us act out of character from time to time. You know, we've been more aggressive than we need to be in certain situations, what have you, but you have to imagine that, you know, and this is the real great question that he asks, will he represent us with the same tone he used on us? And I would say, yeah, that is pretty much going to be, you know, 
you should expect that unless he's coming to you and setting up a phone call and talking to you and saying, hey, I was out of line. Sorry. You know, my cat passed away. Uh, you know, I was just having a really bad day. You should expect that that is how he's going to handle your affairs. And, you know, I think his gut is telling him that's not how he wants to be represented. On top of that, the guy's only got one other band. Look, that, you know, you and I both know you don't have to have a laundry list of bands in order to be a good manager. Um, but unless he's got other experience, you know, previously, uh, I would say everything's indicating to me that, that this is a pass. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't... He. He shouldn't be trying. I mean, I think this is like a red flag that we mentioned in a previous episode of like he shouldn't be giving you like all these all these options of like here's all the stuff that I've done, you know, blah 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 or whatever. It's like, man, like if you're interested, like pick up the phone, like let's talk about what it is that you need as a band. Let's talk about how I can help you out or whatever. I don't need to send you my resume as a manager. It's you know, it's just. It's just kind of weird, but I understand like, you know, this guy, you know, Chris is, he's in a young band. He's just trying to figure it out. He doesn't have all the answers. And, um, but by and large, I feel that, uh, his conceptually, his idea of reaching out to guest singers to feature on one of their tracks to help build their base, I feel like is a very forward thinking good idea. And I, I, uh, you know, respect and appreciate his efforts to reach out to people, to have a budget, to connect with these artists directly. Even if one was the artist directly and one was their management, he had dialogue with both. I, I, I feel like in this transaction, he probably learned a lot, you know? Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, real quick to, to close the loop on the, um, you know, the manager part, I have seen so many times over the years that, you know, bands want to be validated. They want to feel like their efforts are getting them somewhere. And so, you know, hey, some manager is interested in us. Let's consider it uh, because then we can go home and tell our parents that we've got a manager and things are absolutely moving in the right direction. I think what I've seen is, you know, if it isn't the right fit, you should hold on, continue to build your worth and your leverage until you can find a manager that doesn't throw up those sort of red flags that you're already seeing. But I would agree. I mean, yeah, finding guests. And of course, I, you know, the point that I think is great here is having a budget. You know, you do have to spend. They've got something. They've got clout. You know, you're taking up their time and they should be compensated for it. Um, you know, many of the times that I saw guests featured so prominently, especially in our world, was, you know, before kind of the whole influencer, you know, thing that seemed to have happened on YouTube and, and Instagram. Um, and this was kind of the, the precursor to that, you know, this was using somebody with a following, um, or at least a name to have some influence for people to, you know, be incentivized to, to check out your band. So I agree a very forward thinking way of doing things as a developing artist. Yeah. So my conclusion on guest features or collaborations is that I feel like they are a good idea. Um, and I feel like you just have to be, you have to have a plan in place of why you're doing it. Like we said earlier, like don't force it, don't do it just for the sake of doing it. Um, but have, have a budget in mind and have a plan in mind of how you are intend to use this feature. You know, you want to make sure, I think that if you're, especially if you're dropping upwards of a thousand dollars or something like this, 
you want to make sure that you're connecting with an artist that's also going to promote it because what's the point if the featured guest has a hundred thousand followers but you're a brand new band and you only have two thousand followers the whole point of the feature is for the guy with the hundred thousand followers to mention to his friends to go check out the song that he just featured on it's pointless for the band with two thousand followers to say to their two thousand followers we got this feature from this guy or whatever but if you're not using the 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 reach of the uh the guest then it's kind of pointless so you definitely want to go into this knowing how you're going to get your money's worth having a plan um but by and large in summary i feel like guests are a good idea especially guest vocalists um are a good idea to help build um a, a brand new band further their reach i agree with you um i also think you make a good point where you should be very clear about what you guys are agreeing to. You know, is the person doing a chorus? Are they doing a verse and a chorus? Are they writing the lyrics? Are you providing the lyrics? And then, like you said, Blasco, the real important part here is once the feature is done, and I guess, let me step back, what is the approval process of it? What if you don't like their feature, you know, and decide not to use it? You should still expect to compensate them something for their time. So you might, you know, uh, want to have that, you know, I would suggest probably even half of the, the dollar amount. Um, but, you know, then, like you said, you want to ensure that they're actually going to promote it. So you should make sure that in doing so, you know, you might want to agree on a certain number of posts, even on each platform. Those are the types of things that are going into other negotiations when bands come on tours uh, or otherwise that, you know, we are including to make sure that people are actually, you know, doing their part um, to promote it. So I agree, though, um, in uh, moderation. <laughs> I think guests are, are a great idea. If you've got a five song EP, uh, I would suggest, you know, one guest max. I don't think you need to have a different guest on every single track. Yeah, man. Agreed. That concludes episode 50, the big 5-0. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike. What you got cooking? You guys can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And I encourage you to like us and rate and review us on wherever you are listening to podcasts. We are also on Spotify at this point. And last but not least, things like this, not necessarily should you hire a guest musician, but actually you know planning and looking at some of the suggestions that i mentioned at the end we cover in a number of my uh, courses on my coaching platform so check out outerloopcoaching.com you go over there put in your email you'll get a free ebook on uh, music management and we've got some really cool courses that are going on this year the most coolest ever is our 2018 intensive where we are following an artist that we are working with um you know from week to week we're going to actually 
give you guys the, I guess, the look under the hood, if you will, as to what goes into working with a developing artist. So I'm really excited about that. It kicks off January uh, 24th. So please uh, take a look um, at outofloopcoaching.com. But that's really all I got. Trying to stay warm. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, everyone. All right. Peace. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.